Dreamville, where no one sleeps deeply. The pillows are bad and the sheets are made cheaply. But there is one family in the Sleepyville town that uses my pillow for the best sleep around. My pillows are adjustable for proper alignment, and the Giza sheets breathe so they feel no confinement. So order my pillow for great sleep refinement. Why are they so chipper? Their co-workers wondered. So much energy and zest, like they've had the best slumber. And when they peeked in the window, the secret was clear. My pillow sheets, pillows, and mattress toppers appeared. My pillow is breathable and lasts more than 10 years. It's washable and dryable and was manufactured right here. Giza cotton is what makes the softest of sheets, and the mattress topper helps support pressure points for deep, dreamy sleep. So click the link below to stop counting sheep. We want my pillow! The citizens of Sleepyville cried, but they didn't realize the family had a surprise inside. They were all given a my pillow to keep. We spent a third of our life snoozing, so let's make it quality sleep. I got towels too. And mine are blue. So welcome to my pillowville where everyone sleeps on the pillows that align and the softest of sheets. With the support of the mattress topper, the people snooze deep and wake up well rested and their deadlines they keep. So if your bed feels like rocks and your sheets feel like Brillo, you need better sleep, which means you need my pillow. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click the button. I'm tired of rhyming, so please click it and save me. Please, I can't rhyme anymore. Just click that link. Stop watching this and click the link to get the best sleep of your life. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Yeah. 
reality back fuckers to another edition of the patriot party podcast i am the mick and with me of course is my much better beloved better half Lynn. hello patriots and well tonight uh we all we've been talking about it for a hot minute now we've been talking about how the who is coming in we're going to see a massive bl blue helmets if we're not careful and uh yeah i gotta tell you the 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 further further this administration pushes this the more and more uh, skeptical i am of uh what's to come yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say I'm really excited about tonight's episode because I've I've been doing a lot of research into this. I've been listening to a lot um, uh, like Josh had an opinion on it. He said he did some research into the treaty and it was bullshit because it can't super, supersede the Constitution and yada, yada. And um, and then I, I heard James Rogowski talking about it uh, and he said that basically that almost like Josh is right. That is bullshit, but that's not the part that he's concentrating on. So it gets a little complicated, but not really. So well, the legalese of it is extremely it, important because yes. to understand that is kind of like to understand Jaekwondo and fighting bears. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we just gotta, gotta yeah. grab that bear. Like, uh, I, I sent a, a thing uh, over Instagram to Justin and Justin, I said, I, I sent him this picture of a post of a guy that literally uh, a soldier that was killed in Alaska. Um, he obviously was not trained by a bear. Um, he obviously was not trained in the art of Jaekwondo. However, however, I was like, Justin, why do we let this guy go out there like that? And Justin just said back that, well, we've got to, uh, this is why soldiers must be their first martial art they should learn um, is Jaekwondo. But we'll get into that's, that later. That's, that's great. Um, just because you two look like bears <laughs> does not mean. Woolly mammoths don't count. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, without any further ado, let's let's bring James Rogeski in to explain this because uh, we are, I mean, we are looking down a very, very short track to the end where um we're not going to be the sovereign united states of america anymore so uh yeah Blueberry duck farts yeah so let, let's let's welcome him to the show sir welcome how are you all right thanks for uh thanks for uh, having me i uh 
I've had a little trouble with my computer, so I'm on my phone, and my phone's been ringing off the hook. So if um, if, if a phone call gets in the way, I'll just tell them to go. I mean, I'll just hit delete. Just be, be aware that I'm, I'm on my phone with you today rather than my computer. No, no problem. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive right in. Uh, shut me up will be the problem. So where do you want to start? Um, well, I, I kind of gave people a rundown and, and I, and I, I did uh, join your Substack. In fact, I, I got the Substack app. I'm really excited. Now I'm like inundated with Substacks that I've been following, like finding the emails, digging here and there forever. So this is, this is kind of great. Uh, I, I watched some of the videos on uh, your most recent Substack article, uh, went back in and read through some of the older ones. And I, I noticed the very first one that you wrote was about the treaty. Um, and then after that, it was like, basically, uh, uh, belay that, you know, just, just ignore that one and, and let's go on from here. So can, can you tell us about that? Like what, what happened? How did you come across this? What brought you to this place and what are we looking at? Well, um, there were articles before the pandemic treaty that I wrote, but, uh, that's the first one in this series. And so I, I, you know, started paying attention to this, uh, back in late February, maybe. And so for pretty much the month of March, I was way deep down the rabbit hole of the pandemic treaty. And what this is, is the World Health Organization uh, is of the mindset that if they were just in control of everything, then everything would be wonderful. Okay. And uh, I, I started digging into the pandemic treaty. It probably took you five minutes, if you really look at it, to just scroll from the top to the bottom of that article, because it's enormous. They've put out millions of words. I, I kid you not, just it just keeps going and going and going. And even after I did that uh, article, I, I stumbled upon yet another pile of, of thing that I didn't even add to the article. And I just find it entertaining because it kind of tells you what we're up against. It was this, you know, really slick looking website that's promoting the pandemic treaty. And, you know, I signed up immediately to get on their mailing list to see what they're doing. And so I got their media kit. And one of the things in their media kit I mean, when have you heard of a media kit to promote a treaty? I mean, what in the heck is going on here, right? And yes. so, yeah, right. And so I, I can't remember the name of the woman who was the CEO, but I remember the title that she, they had everywhere, right? She's the Dame Commander of the British Empire. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, that's what we're up against. What is going on here? And so on March 24th, I, I finally said, look, you know, I've, Got so much information here. There's no way people can, can handle this. So I published it on, on um, March 24th. If you want to learn about the pandemic treaty, uh, you know, go ahead, check it out. It, it's probably the quintessential article about it. And I'm here to tell you not to read it because I spent a month down the wrong rabbit hole. Um, I, I got psyoped. I, I got gamed. I got played. I got tricked. I got deceived. Um, it's a decoy. And I was busy shooting the decoys for a month. And uh, you, you get addicted to what you're doing. And so every day I would be checking on, you know, what's the latest news about the pandemic treaty? And a couple of days after I published the article, I read another article and there's a little line in there that says, oh, we've um, obtained the, the, the blog that wrote this, said we've obtained this document. And, you know, I'm a curious guy. So I click on the hyperlink and I go, well, what am I looking at? Right. And it's a cover letter from the mission uh, to Geneva, the United States mission to Geneva, and they're submitting um, amendments to the international health regulation. And I'm like, 
they've been talking about this, but nowhere did I see that they actually did it. And so on uh, March 28th is when I first came upon this document. And the cover letter said that they had submitted it on January 18th. So there's this two-month period of just silence. And I had been digging and digging and digging. I didn't see anything except I found this one article that had, had the link. So I, I literally feel that I found a needle in the haystack. And for your viewers, um, I'll give you the punchline right now. So, you know, by all means, watch the remainder of the video. But if you've gotten to this point, um, I, I'll give you the end of the story. Uh, the international health regulations are a thing. They've been around for literally centuries uh, in some form or another. We can go into details about it. But in their latest incarnation, it was last uh, had the ma last major edit in 2005. So the international health regulations have been around for 17 years. They're, they're, they're not horrible. I mean, the, there's some good aspects to it. There's some things that I would change. But uh, why would they want to change it? And so uh, something totally jumped off of the page, poked me in the eye. It's uh, a change to Article 12, Section 2, Line 6. There's, there's 15 words in a phrase, and I don't have them right in front of me, so I can't, I can't quote it exactly. But the first five words are all they're keeping, and they're deleting the 10 words afterwards. And essentially what it says is currently... If there's an issue, some kind of outbreak, some kind of disease problem in a country, uh, the country uh, is going to decide whether they have an emergency or not. If the WHO comes in and they both agree that there's a problem that the world should know about, then the WHO can alert the world and you know everybody's on, on alert. They refer to that as a public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, fake. I kid you not, the World Health Organization has had us under a fake for the last two and a half years or so. Now, what they want to change is they want to remove the requirement that the WHO get the nation to agree. And so if you remove the nation's input, what you end up with is the director general of the WHO is the decider. He's the one who makes the decision. And when you really read all of the, um, it's only nine pages um, worth of um, amendments. So, I mean, it's, it's doable, but. Isn't the director of the WHO a trained Marxist? And a oh, now, now that's a whole nother story. Don't get me off track here. We'll go down I'm that sorry. way a little bit. Um, <laughs> let, let me finish the punchline. Okay? I do love to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and so essentially what it boils down to is I see this document and especially this one line that's changing Article 12, Section 2, Line 6. It's removing 10 words. And that to me is it looks very much like a foundational document of the Great Reset. It's resetting who's in charge. Instead of 194 member nations, each being the you know, the controlling factor as to whether or not they are living under emergency, uh, power, you know, a state of emergency, the director general, who I refer to as the dictator general, uh, decides for everybody. And when you look at all of the details, he just, it's whatever the hell he wants to say. There's, there's no like 
scientific board that has to determine anything. There's no flow chart. There's no criteria. There's no, well, if it meets this, 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 and this, then you can declare an emergency. It literally is, he's the king of the world and they want to hand him the keys to the kingdom. And so anybody who, who looks at this information and doesn't get distracted by everything else in the world uh, that, that might be clouding your, your, your ideas, it's just 15 words and 10 of them are going away. And what's left is the director general of the WHO can call a public health emergency of international concern anytime, anywhere, for any reason, and nobody would be able to stop it. Now, that's the punchline, and that's what you know people need to understand. And there's just a whole world of complexity around that. But if you if you want to have a worldwide dictator um, declaring emergencies all the time, remember that the Roman word for the person who um, barked orders when there was an emergency and somebody was supposed to take care of it, they referred to that as a dictator. He would dictate orders and people would do what he said. And, and so if you want worldwide dictatorship, then you should be in support of these amendments. And if you don't, then you better start screaming or you're going to be muzzled forever. Okay. That's incredibly scary. Um, how would they enforce it? Uh, locally. That's the problem. Okay. And, and there's a lot of stuff outside of, you know, that very tight kernel of, you know, 15 words that where the PSYOP sneaks in. Okay, if you read, and don't do it, but if you read my article about the pandemic treaty, don't go there, it's a, it's a distraction. Um, whatever saying you want to find, uh, from soup to nuts, from A to Z, the kitchen sink, everything is thrown in there. Anything you can possibly imagine about, you know, what a, what a evil dictator would want to have control of your life, uh, it's in there. And so, What's happening is people are taking that information and they're projecting it onto this really simple document, which is just setting, sort of setting the framework, okay? And what I think they were doing is they were trying to, they were trying to sneak this in very quietly. Like if you remember uh, when they passed the Obamacare Affordable Care Act, uh, Nancy Pelosi pretty famously said, oh, you know, pass it first and you can read it later, right? Yep. Uh, this is only I actually read anything. So, I mean, yeah, that was, that was just a blowing right. smoke anyway. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of person, you know, I've, I've read cover to cover, um, Pramila Jayapal's and Bernie Sanders, um, Medicare for uh, all act. And they scare the shit out of me. Now I'm all, for, you know, I'm all for people being healthy and, 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 you know, having a system where we take care of people that need help and, and, and so forth. There's, I actually wrote a healthcare proposal back in uh, 1994. And, and so it, the system certainly needs to be reworked, but they all seem to want to put the power into the hands of one individual. The, the, the basic gist of everything I'm seeing is concentrating power rather than decentralizing power. Like, you know, the whole idea of the internet was supposed to be, uh, you know, you've got connections that if one of them goes down, you just go around it, okay? And and that was, you know, the, really the whole idea. With with cryptocurrency, the whole point of it really is um, everybody's got a record of what's going on, so nobody can really cheat because everybody else knows what's going what's going down. And the the push with many of these things 
and I'm a, your audience might give me some pushback on what I'm about to say, but you know, bring it on and and you know, I'd love to have a discussion and a debate at any time with anybody. I hear too much talk about communism and socialism and progressivism and you know, Antifa and and capitalism and, and all that sort of stuff. What we're really dealing with that people just don't seem to have grasped. Uh, I talked to someone yesterday, and he certainly did. Um, is this is what Benito Mussolini defined very straightforwardly as fascism? It's the combination of government and corporate power beaten on the people. Yep. And if, if you just take a step back, you go, I don't think there's too many communes in China, and and China did not seize the means of production. They're working hand in glove with large corporations to beat on their people. And I mean, you just got to watch the news on, you know, some alternative channel about, you know, what happened in Wuhan and Shanghai. And, and so by messing with the language and using the terms that are incorrect, you know, communism is what it is, socialism, progressivism, you know, capitalism, they all have their definitions of what they are. And none of them are what this is. This is when the government is trying to mess with the people and they get a little bit of pushback, maybe from you know a court case or something like that. They just do an end run and they get their corporate cronies to beat on the people in a different way with censorship or you know Walmart's booming, but all the little moms and pops are, are taking a hit. And if people can't see this fascism for what it is, um, they need to start really paying attention because that's what we're dealing with. It's, it's big business, big government beating on little people. Yeah, you're absolutely. We've we've we were in Jamaica a couple of years ago. We met probably the most person we met in our in our entire in our entire lives. Actually, our, our driver from the hotel to the airport, and I speed had time to listen to the hotel and the airport for hours because we just, you know, potted on the, the feet of the master. Um, and he told us at that time, he said pretty much the same thing. Capitalism and communism are just ideas that they made up to distract you from what they're really, from what you're really, what they're really doing, right? Depending on what country you're living in, you know, you're, you're living under communism. They tell you capitalism is evil. You live under capitalism, but it's not really capitalism. And they tell you communism is evil and it's not really communism. It's all fake. It's just all made up to distract you from what they're really doing, which is trying to gain ultimate control over every single person on this earth. It's, it's authoritarian fascism. There's a personality type that um, it, it, it's really connected to the technocratic progressive uh, movement, not, you know, it's, it's the other half of what happened with Teddy Roosevelt, you know, trust busting and all that sort of stuff. They, they had some beliefs that technocracy would save the world, that, you know, really, really smart people who know what they're doing but have never actually done anything should tell people who actually do things how they should do it. You know, it, it's kind of like having... Uh, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of that world. You know, I was a very good student in, in high school. I was a valedictorian. I went to an Ivy League school. And I, I realized I was being indoctrinated and lied to. So I dropped out and became a carpenter. And I worked as a carpenter fixing up old buildings in, in, in Rhode Island. I, I moved to California. I ended up managing a mom and pop nutrition store because I knew, I, you know, I haven't been to a medical doctor since I was a teenager. I'm 62 years old. You couldn't pay me to go to a medical doctor because I know 
how the system works and you're just a fool if you ask your doctor okay your doctor is there to sell you drugs and make and poison you so that you end up with more diseases so they can do more treatments and so forth and so on if your mechanic operated the way your doctor does if, if you go to your mechanic and you said hey that light went off on my dashboard and it's really bothering me it's a pain like you go to your doctor and you say i have a pain right your mechanic will not take a, a knife, uh, an, an exacto knife, and cut out the lamp from, you know, or the or LED or whatever's there in your dashboard. He's going to go, oh, that means something. Let's put the diagnostics on it. Let's go fix something in the engine or, or wherever the light is directing him. He fixes the problem, and then the warning light goes off. Okay. When you have a symptom in your body, you got to realize that you don't want to ask your doctor to turn off the light on your body's dashboard. You go, hey, doc, what does that headache mean? What does that sore shoulder mean? You know, how do I fix the problem? But what doctors do is actually create multiple problems so that now you got to come back for liver function tests, kidney, you know, they're killing people. And what people don't realize about this whole COVID thing, am, am I free to talk about COVID on your channel? Absolutely. There, okay. here's, here's the ground rules for the show. Maybe I should have gone over this earlier. There, there are no any. ground rules. You can say whatever you want. We don't censor ourselves. You okay. can cuss. You I can. Wanna, whatever. I don't want to get you booted. I don't want to get you no, booted. No, no, no. We, we, we don't care. Um, okay, beautiful. <laughs> here's something. Here's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you've never heard. Okay. It's going to take me four or five minutes to get it out. So How here we it? go. All right. All of this COVID stuff, for the most part, seemed to start with elderly people, okay? You know, senior care facilities, you know, all, all that kind of thing. They, they took the biggest hit, right? And, you know, on one level, it really wasn't all that much different than the death rates because elderly people are more likely to die. That's just, you know, we get to a certain age and we die. But what really happened, in my opinion, is elderly people have probably spent ages, years, asking their doctor what's best for them because the television happened. And so they go to the, you know, they got some problem, they go to the doctor, they trust the doctor, uh, wrongfully, but they trust their doctor. And the doctor says, oh, you got this problem. He looks at it and he goes, all right, you got a certain set of symptoms. I can tell you that you've got such and such a disease, right? And all they do is they take what you tell them in English and they convert it into Latin to confuse the crap out of you so that they can put it on an insurance code that is, is good for that. I've got a friend whose mom, she's passed away, but decade plus, a year, you know, many years ago, um, she was one of the original dancers on West Side Story. So she's, you know, very um, nimble woman. She bashed her um, knee on a coffee table, went to the doctor, and, you know, it was all swollen, and all kinds of tests, all kinds of stuff, lots of money. Oh, you've got arthritis. And my friend calls me up and like, how is that arthritis? I go, well, your mom's knee is swollen, right? She goes, yeah, she banged it on the coffee table. Um, in Latin, arth means joint and itis means inflamed. Is your mom's joint inflamed? I go, yeah. She, uh, she said, yeah. I go, well, in Latin, that's arthritis, right? You got, you got body aches and muscle pains. Fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia, fiber is connective tissue, myo is muscle, algia is pain. When you go to a doctor, all they do is they translate what you told them in English into Latin, so you don't know what the hell is going on. The definition of a diagnosis, right? 
means two people don't know what the hell's going on. And so the whole trickery starts with if 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 I was dumb enough to go to a doctor and, and he said, Oh, James, you know, you've got X disease. I go, No, I don't. The only disease I can ever have is James Roguski syndrome. And, and if you're not treating James Roguski syndrome, you're treating a ghost. Okay. How about you ask me 500 questions uh, about what's going on with my life and help me be a detective and figure out what in the hell I'm doing wrong so that I can stop causing it. Now, that's what your mechanic does. Your mechanic doesn't put a piece of duct tape over the light on the dashboard. And so getting back to the COVID and the elderly people, they've gone to the doctor. They got tricked into thinking they've got something that a poison can fix. So they take one poison, you know, high blood pressure, come back cholesterol, come back sugar, come back, you know, rheumatism, you know, so forth. These people are on 10 to 15 medications, right? They're dying because they're being poisoned very strategically. And they're, they're you know, taking their meds religiously. And those meds, in order for your body to process them out, your kidney and your liver are using up all your nutrients to just get rid of this garbage. And, and so they just have these enormous nutritional deficiencies that they're not, you know, maybe they take a one a day, you know, crap, fake vitamin. And, and so when somebody in one of those situations got sick during COVID, rather than go, hey, you know, how's your nutritional status? You got any vitamin C? You know, what kind of natural things could we do? How, how, do you, how do you treat that naturally? Boom, they stick a vent down their throat, which makes it so none of the fluid can come out I mean, just think about it, right? How are you going to cough up any loogies if you got a pipe down your throat? It's just everything in there festers and, and, and gets worse. I, I had one person who told me that they actually, along with it, they put the feeding tube. It actually went down into the patient's lung. They ultimately died. I mean, putting, putting a, a feeding tube into your lung is definitely not a good idea. And so what really happens, though, is when they put the vent down into the people's lungs, they have to give them morphine or, or other medications that put them into a, a state of literally that they're in a coma, right? They're just out. Now, what those vents are made for is when a person's having surgery and they're under anesthesia, they wanna make sure that they keep breathing and don't die. And so they're under anesthesia, their breathing goes way down they got to stick the vent in there to keep the oxygen going. It, it's meant for surgery, right? When you stick it into somebody's throat, when they're just having trouble breathing, the drugs slow down the ability to breathe. It's asinine to the nth degree. But the kicker is when they put that thing down their throat, they cold turkey them off of a dozen plus medications. And you just can't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of medications. But you can't take somebody who's on high blood pressure medication and just boom, drop them off. You can't take somebody who's on sugar medication and just boom, drop them off. That's how they killed all of these elderly people. And there was a uh, data dump a while ago. And unfortunately, the website that I had it on got censored off the Internet. I, I don't have the access to it anymore. But what they showed was the, the biggest connecting factor um, to death, you know, the biggest risk factor was, you know, the number of medications people were taking. It wasn't comorbidities because comorbidities are just like, well, they're poisoning you this way and they're poisoning you that way and they're poisoning you another way. 
yeah, you got high blood pressure, you got this, but they never fix the problem. They poison the problem to hide the symptoms, like putting a piece of tape over your um, dashboard to, to make the light not shine. And, and they killed these people by sticking a vent down their throat so they couldn't breathe. They medicated them with drugs that made them stop breathing. They said, oh, we can't take you off the vent because you're not breathing. Well, you're giving them drugs that make it so they can't breathe and they're nutritionally deficient. But when they take them off all of the drugs all at once, um, they're doomed. And so thank you for my rant. Um, I'm going to guess you didn't hear that before because nobody's talking about it. Uh, I mean, we've... Actually, we've we've said almost the exact yeah, same thing because except, I know a little bit about the vents and what vents do. And he was a medic. Quite honestly, I got to tell you, the vent actually does more damage than that because it makes oh, yeah. you lymphatic to the fact that your brain is supposed to propel your lungs. But right. go, going back to your amendments and sure, this, well, sure. that, was a little, that was a little digression. Thank you for letting me yeah, rant. It's good to get as, that out of my system. As uh, one of our our listeners, Robin Marie said, "Don't forget remdesivir because as oh, yeah. the same thing they did when they took them off all of those their standard medications, they put them on something that was even more but, uh, highly toxic. Whoa, 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 so stop, stop. Yeah. Again, they don't, they don't just do that because believe it or not, you do get IVs and you are intravenously, if you are sedated in any way, they are supposed to keep up your medication intake through intravenous means. But now, they didn't, they didn't even give them food or nutrition they, through intravenous means. Can you let me stop? Or, sure. Okay. Thank you. So long story short, in the hospital, they have a list of what your medications are, and you're supposed to get your medications intravenously if you are, uh, if you're to the point where you obviously can't take a pill or you're intubated, so on and so forth. However, that also means that you've also been stepped up because you move from a normal ward, you're in ICU at that point because they have to check you every two hours or every hour, so on and so forth to make sure that works. But going back to your amendments. Um, sure, sure. Which is, this is the part that I think most Americans are having an issue with. How exactly are they going to do this? Because we do have some, our forefathers were smart enough when they wrote the Constitution some 250 years ago that, hey, you know what? We should probably put a section in the Constitution that protects us from other countries, governments trying to step foot in our country and F in our country up. And under... Article 2, Section 2, the second paragraph down, it clearly states, he shall have the power by the advice and consent of both the Senate and the House to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the senators present concur and shall nominate with the advice and consent of the Senate and shall appoint ambassadors, public ministers, consultants, judges, uh, Supreme Courts, and all other officers to the United States whose appointments are not... Stand by one second, are not herein otherwise provided for, uh, and which shall be established by law. But Congress may be, uh, may by law vest the appointment in such other interior officers as such proper, and the president alone can't do. However, the Constitution supersedes any other government forms that are submitted to the United States and even approved upon by the Senate and the House of Representatives. This is where America is having a problem with what's being said about this. And I would have to think for them to do that, for them to come here, and I'm just speaking as a constitutionalist and as an American, as a patriot, because we are way too fucking armed for them to try and bring in another country and try and do some shit on American soil without somebody like me standing up saying, whoa, nah, bear, sorry. Now we have a problem. 
now something's going to happen. Um, minus that, the only other way to do this is as you started in on it a little bit, you said, well, they're going to do it from within. How are they going to do this from within? That's where my interest automatically goes because to do it from within, which means you would have to make another office, uh, which we've already seen this administration very willing to do because they made the office of how you think, um, essentially disinformation, uh, they would have to make another office. They would have to gain appropriations for that through the house. Um, and it looks like the time is cutting real short to the power that they will have that they currently have, you know, that's going to go away come November. That's gone because we're pretty sure Republicans are going to win back the house. I'm almost positive Republicans will win back the Senate, which stops them initially from allowing that to happen. So the WHO won't be able to enforce what they're going to do to other countries here. A and B, my other question is, is how does NATO play a role in this? Cause I would believe you would have to change the NATO constitution for the who to take control of a country during a pandemic or a fake demic or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, in, in absolutely nothing that I have ever personally said, have I ever mentioned the best, you know, if I made a mistake, maybe I made a mistake. But if if I am not saying that the who has any enforcement power at all, okay, okay, what what happens is really hypnosis. Um, what I'm, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to really nail this as tightly as I can because we could go off down so many rabbit holes. Okay, the issue here is that currently, in order to declare a state of emergency, the WHO has got nothing, right? The way the regulations are now, if the nation, 194 nations, whichever nation it is, we'll talk about the United States, if we say no, the answer is no. They can do whatever they want. If we say no, under the current regulations, they're not even allowed to talk about it, okay? So the way the situation is now, I'm relatively okay with. There's a few things in the international health regulations that, I, I, you know, if I was king of the world, I'd change it. But mm -hmm. essentially, the situation now, and, and the 15 words that I was talking about, the director general has to get the agreement of the nation that you're dealing with. Let me give you a totally different scenario because it, it helps to sort of clear the mind. Um, this isn't just about people. All right. Um, what if you know somebody who's got a pig farm or, or, or chicken, uh, you know, flock, right? And he's got a couple of sick chickens. Well, you know, if, if they're um, paying attention, you know, they put them in a separate area, take care of them best they can, call the vet, do whatever they want to do. You know, the rest of the chickens hopefully are okay. Um, if the WHO finds out about that now and they go, hey, what's going on? You got some bird flu going on here? It, it, if they think they have it under control, it's a minor little tiny outbreak. Um, they tell the WHO, take a hike, get out of here, right? Don't say nothing about it. If the amendments go through, the WHO comes in, they can make up any damn thing they want. It literally says um, that it's not just an actual um, uh, serious problem. You know, it, it's just like maybe there's going to be one. They can just make up anything they want. If they come in and the nation can no longer say, we do not agree, um, 
boom, they've got a public health emergency of international concern. Now, that doesn't really do what everyone is saying it does. What it does is it allows them to make these declarations whenever they want, and then the propaganda machine kicks in and the hypnosis kicks in. Oh, you know, we got. I, I just saw something today on TMZ. Oh, the first monkeypox, you know, thing in America, right? If these amendments were in place right now, all right, the WHO would have a worldwide alert and the propaganda machine would be rolling about somebody maybe's got monkeypox somewhere, all right? It's, it's not the type of thing that you mentioned where the WHO is going to be like the NATO commander and they're going to have troops and it's all coming in. No, they play propaganda games. I refer to them as the world hypnosis or, and what they're doing, you know, they, this was just a little tiny, tiny thing. They wanted to sneak this in and have it pop up so that they could just pump their propaganda out anytime in any way they wanted. We're doing this to ourselves, right? The control mechanisms have been put in place. California is trying to pass all these stupid laws. You know, um, have you guys had a chance to look at the evidence that I have on um, don'tyoudare.info? Because if you have, that's cool. If you haven't, that's cool also. But I skimmed yes. it quickly. Okay. Exhibit G, right, um, is the CDC published final ruling on quarantine requirements uh, or, you know, inside the country or, or um, inter inter interstate or international travel, right? If, if you're traveling and you're on a plane, these are the rules that apply to you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what they did is they changed a, a bunch of terminology. They changed the about, you know, it's, it's like 1984 newspeak, you know, war is peace and love is hate and all that kind of stuff. They, uh, I'll pick a handful of words out of, out of memory. Um, they literally changed the definition of the word interstate traffic. Think about what interstate traffic means, you know, driving from state to state. It does not include the interstate traffic of people from foreign countries. Let that one percolate in your head for a little while. The definition of interstate traffic does not include the transport of foreign people, okay? Why in the world would they change that definition, okay? The other one they changed was an ill person. An ill person has a number of definitions, but one of them is you're warm to the touch and you got a headache and a stiff neck. Well, if you've ever been on an airplane, you walk out of there with kind of being warm and you got a headache and a stiff neck. Well, you better not tell anybody because you're going to be right in quarantine according to the regulation. They changed the definition of non-invasive testing. And they got like a triple negative in there. It'll spin your head around. It essentially says if we stick something up your nose, you got nothing to say about it. Whereas the international health regulations, you know, that's clearly invasive and they got to get your permission. The fourth one that they changed is the definition of a public health emergency in the United States. And they tied it directly to if the director general of the WHO merely makes a recommendation for anything, we can declare an emergency. So it's all this propaganda stuff. And here's the punchline. Those changes were dropped into the um, Federal Register on December 19th. 2017, the last full day of the Obama administration. And, and, you know, 
January. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, January 19th, 2017, the last full day of the Obama administration. All those changes were made, and Trump was inaugurated at noon the next day. And you scratch your head going, hmm, wonder why they did all that. Yeah, we we've been talking about how they've been changing the lexicon for a while, like how they changed equality to equity. They don't mean the same thing. They sound the same. If you're not really educated, you think they're the same, but they're not the same at all. Uh, And they they do that all the time. They do that with everything. Um, Something I I wanted to address to you real quick, though, uh, when you were reading the Constitution and it said um, that we can't pass a treaty, Mm -hmm. right? The thing is, the treaty's already been passed. The treaty was passed in 2005. Congress. Well, that's, that's okay. That's, that's some detail. If you guys want to go and, and finish up what you're looking at, you want to go to page uh, 6969. That's where all the definitions are. Um, it's very much near the bottom. I think it's like page 80 in the PDF. Um, but on the paper, it's page 6969. Um, I think I can see that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. You went past it. Yeah, I was at 6974, 6978. You mean 69 what? 6969. 6969. That's an interesting number. That's a couple interesting numbers. Yeah. Uh, no, no comment. Um, <laughs> there it is. All okay, right. Down on the bottom, down on the bottom right, um, there's a definition of uh, pre communicable. Oh, oh, we can go down many tangents here. Um, public health emergency. Uh, used in this oh, section means yeah. you see the bottom right okay well disease um, and as determined by the director right. well, the, the interesting the interesting ones are three four and five so go just a little bit right. down to the next page it's right here okay so three, three and three and four basically say if the um who declares an emergency then we get to also right but um i'll let you read number five number five is the most insane uh, regulation. Well, disease, any communicable disease event for which the director general of the World Health Organization, in accordance with articles 15, 16 of the international health regulations, has the issued temporary or standing recommendations for purposes of preventing and promote promptly detecting the occurrence and, or reoccurrence of the communicable disease. Public health prevention measures need. Yeah, no, no, don't, don't, don't get lost into the next definition. Okay. <laughs> um, that paragraph basically says you know, I would translate to, ah, just declare an emergency if you want to. If, if, if Tedros makes a recommendation, we can call it emergency. So I, I hope this is a valid answer to your question because I want to make sure that I answer your question. It's not that the WHO is going to be, you know, like the, the general of some army, mm-hmm. right? They are messing with your head and then your own people in your own country are going to misunderstand that that's just a recommendation, okay? And they get confused, they get hypnotized, they go, "We must do this," and and their their just their insanity takes over, and they will do it. You know, our own people who don't understand are doing these things to us. It's just like it's been for the last two years, except they're going to be able to really game the declaration of emergency system okay now on an older article that i did um it's it's entitled every single uh congressperson should be fired uh most people are unaware that at the moment 
we are living under 42 separate national emergency declarations. 42. Going mm. all the way back, going all the way back to um, the Iran hostage crisis. The Iran hostage crisis emergency is still alive and well and with us. Okay. So there's 42 emergencies that we're, we're operating under. Just, you know, COVID is just one of them. And there's a law in the code that um, every six months, Congress is obligated. They must, according to the law, um, debate and vote on a joint resolution to bring the emergency to an end. And if the will of the people are expressed through Congress and Congress says, you know, end it, um, the president should end it. But they have been completely derelict in their duty 84 times a year. So not just COVID with, with what you're saying, then that makes Donald Trump complicit. Uh, I, I'd like you to expand on that. Uh, I mean, you know, this whole it, term, it, he never did anything to stop it. He never got Congress to say, Hey, look, it's time to kill this crap, squash it, get rid of this crap. This is all. Well, um, is I'll give you, I'll give you a yes and a no, and I'll back it up with some details. Okay. Um, the president declares a national emergency. Mm -hmm. And Trump did that uh, on March 13th, 2020, but he retroactively did it to March 1st. So we'll just say March 1st. And then Biden um, renewed it and renewed it again. The president can bring an end to the emergency with the stroke of a pen. So it's not that he had to beg Congress to tell him to stop it. He had the power to stop it at any moment, at any time. And so does Biden. So does any president with all 42. So, um, hey, dude. You could have stopped all 42 in a nanosecond. That's that's my point. So he more or less is complicit because he let those 42, some of which started way before he was ever president. He had a chance to trim the fat right there, stop them and say, nope, no more. See ya. Bye. This is out of here. And he did nothing. So and, more and so what happens with the national emergency, which is actually not the worst one. We'll, we'll get to the next one. The national emergency gives the president about 136 powers that he wouldn't normally have if we weren't in a state of emergency. And so everybody gets drunk on power. Now, mm -hmm. um, maybe, you know, one of those, you would look at it and you go, oh, yeah, okay, we're still dealing with that. But the simple fact that the average American is completely and totally unaware of anything except the COVID emergency, right? Um, and they're not too much aware of that either. Um, how in the hell are we in a national emergency when you know nobody even really knows what the hell these things are? Uh, I'm not a fan of Wikipedia, but you know sometimes they give you the basics. You can go to Wikipedia and see a list of what's going on. Um, you can find it on all, all kinds of sites. Just you know do a quick search for uh, how many national emergencies are we currently having in the United States, and you know uh, it, it's insane. Okay, the issue really comes down to dictators love emergencies because that's the definition of the word. And once you get that role in and they realize that as long as that emergency continues, it, it's a weird feedback mechanism. You don't really want to end the emergency, even though the dictator's job is to end the emergency. Because as long as the emergency keeps going, the dictator keeps that power. And so, you know, it really takes a very honorable um, executive who says, hey, we fixed the problem, we're done. You know, turn it off. And in, go ahead. 
I was just, something popped into my head, um, which happens randomly, but uh, didn't they contract at the beginning of the Biden administration, didn't they contract the WHO to investigate racism in the United States? And I think um, uh, something about uh, gun control as a, as a, a health emergency or something like that. Uh I, I would be guessing if I tried to answer that question, but you know, seriously, uh, an emergency. There's a phone call. Yeah. Well, he we, gives we out, it was coming. He we gives out his coming, phone number so. on every show. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it haven't, off, so. haven't done it yet here. Um, so you can hear me. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, if anything, uh, you know, I would, if, if I was the president, you know, I would be tempted to say we have a mental health emergency in this country because everybody's freaking crazy. Right. And that is so true. Situation. But let me get to the worst part. All right. There's on a worst top, part. There is. Um, on, uh, I, I usually am optimistic and happy, but here we go. Um, on top of the national emergency, which runs for a year and has to be renewed by the president and can and should be voted on twice a year by Congress, there's something called a public health emergency, not a national emergency and not a public health emergency of international concern, but a public health emergency declared by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. It only runs for 90 days, but they've renewed it at least nine more times for a total of 10, and it's coming up relatively soon for another renewal. And that is really the beat because the CARES Act and all the other legislation that makes the money flow, you gotta realize Congress is in control of the money, right? It's all tied, if you go through the CARES Act and do a search for uh, public health emergency, it's everywhere. Oh, we'll pay for this so long as there's a public health emergency. We'll pay for that so long as there's a public health emergency. So whenever there's a public health emergency, then you can have the emergency, author uh, um, you can have things approved through an emergency use authorization, EUA. You can't have emergency use authorizations unless you have an emergency. So what all the drug companies and the supply companies and the pharmaceutical and the vaccine companies realize is we need emergencies, public health emergencies, so that we can ram through all of this expensive testing that doesn't do shit of any value, like PCR testing and rapid antigen testing. There's, there's um, emergency use authorizations out the wazoo for all kinds of procedures that will like take your blood out, purify it, put it back in, and we're talking like gargantuan money for those kinds of things. You've, you've got the emergency use authorized drugs for COVID and obviously the biological weapons that, you know, are emergency use authorized. You've got the, the Fed just creating money out of nowhere to pay pharmaceutical companies, put the nation in debt. And all of that money is flowing through the hospitals that play the game, right? If, if the hospitals aren't doing what the government wants them to do, they don't get the money. And one of the things that they want them to do is stick something up people's nose until they get a positive COVID test so the case numbers go up and they get a, this is, if you haven't heard it, this is crazy. It doesn't matter what you went into the hospital for. You can be in there for heart problems, cancer problems, diabetic problems, kidney, liver, whatever. You can be in there for, you know, birthing a baby, arm, right? male, male or woman, if you, you know, yep. man or woman, if you're in the hospital birthing a baby because you're a birthing person. Um, yep. If, if somewhere in your hospital stay, they can stick something up your nose and get a positive COVID test by cranking up the, the cycles, 
Yep. 20 percent bonus on the whole damn thing. Okay. Is yeah. that a is that a perverse incentive to mess with people or what? Okay. And yep. it's all predicated on the um, public health emergency. You can go to phe.gov and you'll get more details than you want to know. Then I don't know if you've ever heard of something called Ballotpedia. Pretty cool website. I like it. Yeah. Um, Ballotpedia. We found uh, it's not always accurate, though. It, you know, it, it gives you a rough place. You can go to the green papers and really get some details. But um, they have a page on there, which is kind of neat. It's a history of all of the statewide COVID declarations of emergency. Oh. Right. And, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they've got a map where, you know, red and green. I think the colors are reversed. But you can go find your state and, you know, oh, the, the emergency was declared and then they declared this and that and the other thing. And in a few states, either the legislature or the judiciary, at some point, somebody had a gripe and they forced the governor to back off the emergency. Yep. Okay. And and that's how it should be. I mean, you need, you, you know, when a hurricane blows through, you don't want to have a committee and a meeting and a, and a panel. And, you know, you need somebody who's a take charge guy going to make it happen. But then, you know, a week later, you're supposed to go, all right, you know, justify yourself and we'll keep this going. And then a week after that, you're like, still good. You know, if, if it's all fixed, back off, turn it off, go back to normal. The problem with all of these emergencies is they never go back to normal because they get drunk on power. The money flows. And, you know, if you're getting a 20 percent bonus to stick something up people's nose on a hundred thousand dollar hospital bill and you're a hospital administrator or, you know, and, and then we get into the money in the schools and the cities like it's a perverse um, um, blackmail. Oh, we'll give you all this money. Right. We have all these rules. So you got to do all these things. But you can't afford to do them. So we'll give you all this money. But you got to do these things. OK. And, and, and people cave because they want the money. Yeah, uh, one of our listeners brought up uh, Wick and Early said, didn't the hospitals get like $30,000 if you died of COVID in their hospital? I think it was 35000 and I think it was if they put you on a ventilator. Um, I think they got more if you died after you were well, on the ventilator. Well, there's, there's an enormous amount of misinformation uh, in that whole world of stuff, okay? I mean, number one, uh, hospital treatments are ridiculously overpriced. I mean, they have book value and real value and somewhere in between depending upon, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's not what many people have reported. There's been a lot of misrepresentation. Uh, this simple, simple answer is um, nobody should be put on a ventilator for weeks on end and, and for this kind of an ailment. That's just, you know, it's just an abomination. Um, but it's something that they charge a lot of money for because usually it's associated with surgery and, and you know, it's a high ticket item. Um, they figured out that they could run a high ticket. Why, why would you give a $3 ivermectin to keep somebody off a, a ventilator so you can get a 20% bonus on three bucks when you could put them on, you know, thousand plus dollars a day ventilator for weeks on end and get a 20% kicker on that whole thing, plus the hospital bed and, you know, everything else that, that goes on. And, and so there isn't like money for a, a diagnosis of COVID. There isn't money for a death due to COVID. Um, there's there's funeral reimbursement, but that goes to the undertaker. Uh, but it's really just a 20% kicker on uh, everything if you can get that positive test. And there's also a 65% bonus on a portion of the bill. 
if you use remdesivir. And yep. so, you know, what, what if what if they gave a bonus for if if you give people, um, you know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin C, you know, vitamin D, zinc, all these things, and they get out of the hospital quick and, and the bill is small, you know, you get to keep the difference. OK, you know, the, the incentives are just absolutely perverse. And and, you know, that's just uh, it's it's not random. You know, I don't think they wrote the CARES Act in, you know, the two days from the time they started talking about it until it was passed. That's kind of like the Patriot Act. That thing is just sitting there waiting to get dropped until the right time. And then, boom, this monster bill comes in. There's no way they wrote that, you know, from the time that the crisis started till the time that they passed it. No way. Well, I... I... Well, I went and looked because I, I had to go look because you can't say things on this show and not have <laughs> to go look it up because I was very interested to find out. So hold on. Let me click this real quick. So first of all, let's start here um, with the national emergencies. Currently, uh, the oldest one we've got is November 14th, 1979. It's sanctions blocking Iranian government uh, ordered the freezing of Iranian assets as a part of U.S. response during the Iran hostage crisis. Um, that's the oldest one we've got. We've got, uh, the Stark Treaty, which is executive order 12938, um, which is the pro proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. Um, the other part of the Stark Treaty, which is prohibiting transaction, uh, transactions with terrorists who threaten the middle, uh, the middle East during peace processes. Um, uh, uh, this is this all falls under Stark because it all falls within the same level of everything. The Iranian petroleum exports, blocking the assets, traffic and sanctions, uh, narco traffickers. Um, and then the maritime portion of that, which is during a national emergency or uh, invocation of emergency authority relating to the regulation of the Anchorage movement of vessels. Uh, proclamation implemented following the destruction of two civilian aircraft in Cuban military on February 24th, 1996. Um, yeah, there's a lot in here. Um, there's a lot started by a lot of people who are, I thought were a lot more uh, savvy with the Constitution uh, yeah. than what they really were. Uh, oh, um, I, I got a clip to play later of something that Bush said yesterday. That's oh, that was oh, that was so oh, that was, that was just so telling. Oh. I no kidding. That. Oh, that hurt. That hurt to watch that. Yeah. So then you see Obama who enacted like, I don't know. A one, whole two, bunch. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 freaking sanctions himself uh, or executive actions that he did himself. And then Trump's only got like four or five, six, seven, eight. Okay. So Mostly eight. sanctions. <laughs> and then yeah. Biden's already got uh, eight as well. So, uh, six, six, so yeah, six, which well. you can really just put under Obama because you know it's yeah, kind of the same thing, just so. a third. Um, yeah, so I had to go look that up, but yes, yeah, well, yeah, you're right, there's a lot of active shit that I'm sorry Trump could have gotten rid of, he could have ended a lot of this crap for none other than well, you know, it, it, it triggers the presidential powers. Um, if you go to my Substack and go back to February sometime, there's an article about it, and you can actually see the law where, um, uh, it, it says that Congress has to uh, um, vote on it twice a year. And they just, you know, you, you can beat on Trump, you can beat on Obama, you can beat on on, on uh, Biden and everybody in between. Uh, it, it's part of the racket of they want power 
and once they get it, they just it's, don't want to let it go. Yeah, it's the yeah. power of the executive office. And that's right. something like you, I guess you fall mm. in on. But yeah. then I went to this and I went to. Man, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact checking. The, that crazy wonderful. Well, no, no, no. This is really important because there's some states on here. I yeah. would have thought never had a fucking state of emergency called. And I'm seeing that not only did they call a state of emergency, but they also, it's still active. Yeah. Um, for instance, Texas, our, big old, big old Texas, Georgia is green. And that means that they still have an active state of emergency. Does that surprise you under Kemp? Really though? Not really. Uh, Texas is green, which that is, yeah, that's kind of surprising under Abbott. I'm not that surprised about that either. Idaho. Uh, Idaho. That's Oklahoma. More or no, surprising. not Oklahoma, but uh, what's Kansas? That? Kansas. Kansas. Um, Kansas still got Wyoming. Wyoming. Oh. South Dakota? No, South Dakota's red at the moment. Yeah, you're right. You're right. South Dakota's red. Uh, yeah, Wyoming, Idaho, Oregon. I mean, Oregon, Washington, California, you would expect. Okay. New York, you would expect. Connecticut, you would expect. Arizona? Um, that's one that's, I... Eh, Illinois, I yeah, I can expect that. But West Virginia or Kentucky? West Virginia? Virginia? North, North Carolina. Carolina. Well, North Carolina, I kind of expect. Yeah. Um, Connecticut, Rhode Island, whatever. Yeah, and, and, and the site's pretty cool. If you scroll down, they go state by state and they tell, you know, they give you the yeah, history it's, of. It's up here, yeah. What, when, when they had one, if they called one, like for instance, uh, this one apparently in California, it's never ending. It doesn't have an end date. Yeah. That's crazy. Welcome. Welcome to my, my world. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona's too. too. That's never ridiculous. Ending. Never ending. Not applicable. Yep. End date. Not applicable. Kansas. Not applicable. Right. And so this this is what I'm pointing out with the international health regulations because it it starts at the top. Okay. And a lot of people are very confused because they're merging the um, fear mongering that is behind the pandemic treaty, which is just you know absolutely everything you can imagine you know i wrote an article on it if you if you want to you know go look through it it'll take you weeks to read because it's just absolutely everything and so people are transposing all that garbage onto um a, a nine page pile of amendments which um are really really freaking evil i mean they're just horribly twisted language that makes your head hurt when you actually get in there and you go what do they really mean by changing that one word you know um change must to may or the other way around or you know you you can or you shall right it's these little tiny things that when you look back and you see that you know obama changed things five or six years ago that all of a sudden you know six years later they make sense like oh that's why you did that um on uh in the uh if you really want to get down into the depth of it um i see you're doing the screen share we can really get into this on uh my uh yeah i'm page. looking what article was that again um it's all the way if you're on my Substack, it's on march 31st so you probably gotta click more and go down further uh wake up and smell the burning of the constitution well no you got them numbered in, in here uh, well yeah if you're there you can find number four number four Hey, yeah. And, 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 and so, so, um, Jim, tell ahead. me, 
What do you, what do you think the end game is here? Uh, never ending. Uh, you know, I mean, they never stop and, and it goes on and on. But let's let's give your your, your viewers um, just some of the obvious details. If you scroll down just a little tiny bit, um, I, I try to make it as easy as possible. Um, there's an activist toolbox if people want to do something. If you don't do it now, but if you click on that, um, it's just down below there. It says um, just down below the Bill of Rights. It says click here for the activist toolbox. You went too far above the yep. above, the, above the speaker. Um, Right, right there, here. quick to yeah. link to my toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, videos, not. Uh, you know, things you can print out, um, actions to take, uh, letters to send, um, anything an activist, you know, could think of, uh, flyers to pass out, so forth and so on. Um, the first video is a little three-minute video. Uh, if people only have three minutes, you know, it'll give you the overview. But if you scroll down below that, we're going to get into the meat of, of what is really here. Here's the issue. Um, I try to make it obvious. There's a red arrow and a blue highlight just down below. Uh, maybe make it bigger so people can see it. Uh, that is the heart of the thing that I talk about. Um, there's many, many things that are screwed up with the amendments in general, but um, there's a portion of a sentence. Um, if the director general determines and the state party, meaning nation or country, and the state party are in agreement regarding this determination, that's the needle in the haystack. The, the area in blue that has a line crossing it out, I mean, kind of looks like a needle. They're getting uh, rid. They're getting rid of the part that is struck through. And so the end result is in red. If the director general determines, that is, in my mind, a great reset of authority from each individual nation controlling their own destiny to one guy giving being given dictatorial power. Now, People, people can look at that and they'll go, yeah, okay, so what? If, if I, I can show it to people, but I can't make them comprehend the ramifications because you got to put yourself uh, into the evil dictator frame of mind and, you know, <laughs> you know what, what would I do with that, right? If, if I could declare an emergency anywhere, anytime, and then I could tell people, you know, scare, scare, scare. Oh, monkeypox here, and Ebola here, and this here, and that here. Oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, give us more money. They want to raise their budget from like seven or eight billion to over thirty billion a year. They want to have a hundred billion dollar fund for emergency. What could you do with an extra twenty billion a year? Um, the other thing that's really interesting is where they they cross out committee established under article 48. So it says the director general shall in accordance with the procedure set forth in article 49, seek the views of the emergency committee. It used to be the committee established under 48 uh, under article 48 here and after the emergency committee, but now it's just the emergency committee okay. on appropriate temporary recommendations, which tells That's me don't, don't get your head wrapped around with that because that is literally verbiage that they're getting rid of. It's useless verbiage now because article right. 40 has probably been but, around. But here's, Here's here's the thing. Um, I saw it when you were saying it. Um, they may seek the advice. Okay. They may may they doesn't, have doesn't mean they have to obey the recommendation. You know, it's like the FDA. Oh, we have an advisory panel of scientists that are you know renowned. You know, um, no no conflicts of interest there. It doesn't matter what they say. The FDA just does whatever the hell they want to do. It's all for show. Well, okay? my point was, if they get rid of that committee established under Article Forty Eight, then 
they can just declare the emergency committee whomever they want it to be. Can can I explain this to you really quick? This is a really it's it's super stupid simple. It is really they're fixing a grammatical error in government speak. Why? Because up here they say a and may in accordance with the procedure set forth in article 49 seek the views of the committee established under article 48. Okay. Here and after referred to the emergency committee if here and after, meaning All no right, matter so, how so they they're talk just taking about it out Article because they put it in twice. Exactly. Okay. Now, now that little conversation that you guys just had and you settled, okay, is the purpose of everything that the WHO does. They put out this paper and this paper and this paper and this paper and this paper. And, and what people don't see is on the second line, they added potential or actual public health emergency. Okay, they can declare a worldwide emergency on potential, right? And so that, if, that is, if, that, if, if all you do, if all you do is look at, you know, the, the, the piece of it that they want to decoy you away from, right? They can declare an emergency for any reason they want, anytime, anywhere in the world, and the nation involved can't do a damn thing about it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not saying that they then have authority to enforce. What I am saying is that they are masterful at deception and trickery and hypnosis and lying. And, and we've I, seen it for two years. And now we have all these Soros funded DAs, even in our own or county next door to us, as we learned last night, um, as and sh some sheriffs as well. You know, Lombard yeah. taking that Soros yeah. money. Fact, fact check me. Fact check me on what I'm about to say. I think it was Lincoln. You know that if America falls, it will be um, from within. down from within. Yeah, that you know? is exactly um, what Lincoln said. And, yeah. and again, it goes back to that second line, and a lot of people don't realize that, but that is actually very scary when you read it. The direct understand. Uh, just read this for its whole entirety. If you just read it, it, it. I just read the whole paragraph, and it. When I read the paragraph, it is actually very scary. Um, if the director general considers based on an assessment, understand he doesn't actually have to have factual evidence that a, a pandemic is going on. It starts out with the first line. If the director general considers based on an assessment under the regulations that a potential or actual public health emergency of international concern is occurring, the director general, general shall notify all state parties and seek to consult the state parties whose territory that uh, that the event arises regarding the seek, preliminary determination. Seek to consult. Yes. He doesn't have to. Yeah. Again, it's not saying that he has to. It's just yeah. saying that he'll try. He can send an email he'll, he'll send to an email. <laughs> Bunk's email address that hasn't been valid for five years. Call five seconds before his his people make you know footsteps on the ground. In May, in accordance with the procedure set forth in Article 49, seek seek the views that the committee established under Article 48 here and after referred to as the emergency committee. If the director general determines that the event constitutes a public health emergency of international concern, the director general shall, in accordance with procedures set forth in Article 49, seek the views of the emergency com committee on appropriate and temporary recommendations. And yeah. just for your readers, and I know you, you went right over it, the bold and underlined are words that have been added. The struck through are words that have been removed and everything else is existing. Just that's the nomenclature. But, so, uh, you know, go ahead. Do we know who wrote these amendments? Not a clue. 
And therein comes uh, part of the story that um, since you raised it, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for a miracle that uh, because this is no longer hidden and the WHO uh, was hoping that nobody would ever notice, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they just table this Tuesday. Got another phone call. Are you able to hear my, my phone? Yeah. No. yeah, we hear well, we buzz, but not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and so hopefully on Tuesday, they will table this and, you know, have another working group or a committee or a panel and, and try to figure out how to sneak it in some other way and, and kick it to the curb for now because everybody's watching. OK, but if they do um, pass it, if you scroll down, let's get to where um, we, we've covered this one pretty good. Scroll down until you uh, see. Actually, um, I think. Paragraph three is even scarier because they got rid of the whole paragraph and it's the one part that actually stops paragraph two from happening. If the following consultation in paragraph two of the above, the director general and the state party in whose territory the event arises does not come to a consensus within 48 hours of whether the event constitutes a public health emergency of international concern, a determination shall be made in accordance with the procedure set forth in article 49. Um, That's gone. That means yeah, that it's it's, it's so essentially the same, you know, type of thing. Um, and, and right. And and so the, the reality of the situation now is, um, yeah, go down until you see a blue video. OK, a little bit further. Um, the situation now is that they have to get permission. OK, so I don't know if you know who Reiner Fulmick is, but um, yeah. I got the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to present all of the evidence uh, in front of his investigative committee. And if you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see all of the actual evidence. And uh, a little further, um, should be easy to find. It says evidence, then stop right there. Uh, too, too fast. Um, go up to Exhibit A. Um, this is uh, an old-timey document from, if you scroll down a little bit more, you can see the actual signature. Um, let, me, let me read it. Uh, in, in adopting this joint resolution from June 14, 1948, uh, Harry Truman signed it. And, um, the Congress does so with the understanding that nothing in the Constitution of the World Health Organization in any manner commits the United States to enact any specific legislative program regarding any matters referred to in said Constitution. Now, I put a little emphasis in my voice, but to translate that into English, we'll join your nice little health club, but screw you if, if you're going to think that you're going to make us do anything. We're the United States of America. We just kicked butt in World War II. We're the king of the world. Yeah, we'll join, but under our terms. And this has been forgotten. And so the WHO has got nothing. They've got a lot of hypnotic wordsmithing and witchcraft and language and hypnosis and trickery and lying and media, but they got nothing. Yeah. We can, we can leave anytime. We can stop giving them money. It's like we're in a bad relationship with an abusive partner and we just can't quit them. So, so now I have another question. If, if, if that is the case, it, well, actually it's not for you so much as it's for who I will question next about it. But uh, I wonder why Trump never pulled us from this. I mean, he stopped giving money, but he never really actually. He said he was going to, he hinted. No, he, he, he um, uh, if he, um, to, to not sound wishy-washy, but to try to give the complete story, okay? It's a year-long process if you want to leave. 
if he really wanted to leave, he would have started that process so that he could have finished it before he left. Well, he didn't think, but he didn't think he was going to leave. He thought he was going to win another term. So, yeah, you know, um, bottom line is I don't care what people think or say or have intent. It's like what happened? Um, he failed to get us out of the WHO. Period. Stop. It didn't happen. Okay? And that's, that's all I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I completely agree. Right. And and so um, this is, um, you know, the foundational document of why we got into the WHO and, and our terms of agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why it's exhibit a it's like what are we doing and so to, to pound it home i you know i think i've already gotten my point across but i know people are, are going to not hear what i'm saying they're going to hear what they they want to hear hear what they think i'm saying what i'm saying is the who by putting forth these amendments increases their ability to trick us into believing that they have authority and that's what most regulations and, and things are. If you know how to read them and you get the source document, you know, you know, for, for sake of this section, um, it doesn't apply to you at all. So what in the hell are you doing here? Okay. If, if people would understand that the vast majority of any of these regulations um, don't have actual um, jurisdiction or they don't have authority, they're just a bunch of words. That when you read them and you don't cross-reference them with the, the um, cross-reference for the authorities, it doesn't apply to you. And so when the WHO makes the recommendation and MSNBC and CBS and CNN and New York Times and Washington Post says, oh, uh, the, the World Health Organization has declared that everybody's got to wear masks. Um, says who? Right. <laughs> joke, joke intended. Right. Um, it, you know, I've gotten into a lot of um, Abbott and Costello routines with people. It's like, you know, who's behind these amendments? Who wrote these amendments? Who funded these amendments? Who's responsible for these amendments? Who benefits from these amendments? Those are not questions. They're statements. Who's going to Geneva to vote on the amendments? Well, interestingly enough, I'm glad you asked because apparently, Jav apparently Javier Becerra just got COVID. Interesting because <laughs> isn't, wasn't he in Berlin? Yes. Because he was in Berlin. He was supposed to be the chief delegate. Um, and he conveniently got himself some COVID. Now, uh, maybe he'll be allowed to participate, you know, remotely. Um, but, you know, he might be smarter than he looks because now he doesn't have to be the one accused of committing treason by voting yes for this. If if yeah. that's why he did it, you know, kudos, kudos, Javier. Good move. Good move, buddy. Baccaria. It's Javier Baccaria, as Joe Biden. <laughs> so um, now... I also read uh, Dr. Robert Malone's Substack on this, which I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about Dr. Malone, but be that as it may, uh, in here, he said he has a segment and this is his Substack uh, titled child sacrifice. W E F W H. Yeah, he, he, he buried the lead pretty nicely. He gave me a little teeny tiny shout out, shout out there, but um, he, he, he had a very, he had a very nice, um, uh, segment on uh, Bannon's war room uh, almost a week ago. Uh, and I, I was very happy. Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence as well with almost everybody, but I was very happy. He, he very clearly said that um, these amendments amount to an impeachable offense. And well, I very much agree. 
I mean, everything Biden does amounts to an impeachable offense these days. But um, in his Substack, he said uh, it was number five. He said rejecting the amendments under Article 59 after the amendments are adopted by the World Health Assembly. A member state has six months to reject them. That means November this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Article 61. So if he said 59, you missed it a little bit. But okay. you're looking at you're looking at a screenshot of it right there, Article 61. If a state notifies the director general of its rejection of these regulations or of an amendment thereto within the period provided in paragraph one of Article 59, that's where they set the time frame. Um, these regulations or the amendment concerned shall not enter into force with respect to that state or they really mean country. And so the actual rejection, and this is where I was headed. Thank you for taking us here. If they do approve it at the assembly, uh, probably early, early Tuesday morning is when they're going to start talking about this. Um, and the uh, WHO sends an uh, official notice to the 194 nations. They will have six months, literally. I mean, this is, it's right in front of you. The Secretary of State, Blinken, just has to write a letter that says, you know, in, in regards to your offer of these amendments or your approval of these amendments, we the out and out. Rejects. We reject these amendments. We will continue to abide to the existing um, international health regulations as they were prior to the amendments. Signed, America, shove it up your butt. All right. We want nothing to do with these. In in diplomatic language, of course. All right. And that's and so, very diplomatic. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And 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 so what I see coming, potentially, if these are approved, is the six month period goes past the election. And so um, I've already gotten feedback from uh, on, on one of my pages where we're helping people um, craft and send uh, emails to Congress. I've had um, 80,000 people come through that page to send letters to Congress. And so they're getting an average of a couple of hundred already. And they are dumb enough. And I have an article. If you want to show it, it's entertaining. Um, but we're here. So we're here. So let's let's keep going on this. Um they are actually putting on paper that they support, meaning con congress, you know, congressmen, uh, that they support the amendment, knowing full well that's an that out it it's treasonous. That knowing full well that it would give the WHO the power to declare an emergency in our territory over our objection. And I'm like. Thanks for the evidence, man. You're making my research really easy. And so people are sending me this, and I've got a little collection going. Um, I got I've got one from uh, I believe it's a congressman, French Hill in Arkansas. Um, wonderfully written letter. I just haven't had time to post it. Um, the guys, guys on top of it. You know, I don't know. I don't know too much about Congressman French Hill from Arkansas. I believe. But the letter that he wrote to his constituents, you know, I'm going to post it on my website and say, give this guy a shout out. Good job, sir. You know, wish there was more like you. Um, if you go down a little bit more, um, we'll get to uh, exhibit C2, right? And, uh, you know, this is just another version of the same thing that we talked about before. I added some arrows up top. You know, this is what we were going over before. Uh, go down a couple more. Uh, a couple uh, um, exhibits, right? Exhibit uh, D. Well, 59 is interesting. Um, the 
the time period which it would normally take for amendments to go into force was 18 months to two years. Um, and they changed it to six months. So they're really trying to get this thing in before Christmas for yeah. some reason. Okay. Um, and so if you go down to uh, Exhibit D, these amendments were presented. There you go. They were presented on um, the 18th and by the 20th. They were, they were presented to the WHO on the 18th. The WHO forwarded it to all the nations on the 20th. And less than a week later, apparently all of these countries had had time to analyze it and run it through their um, procedures and get the will of the people involved and, and approve it. And, and they, they um, and the big one is the uh, European Union. So they got everybody in Europe behind this. Uh, in less than a week, they signed on. And, you know, that tells me, you know, they were in the know and, and they're part of the team that's doing all this. Um, exhibit E and Exhibit um, F are minor things, but it's just what's going on. And then Exhibit G, we were looking at before, but go down below Exhibit G. And that's where everybody should just be flat out pissed off because worldwide, it's a secret as to who is going to be each country's, uh, yeah, a little bit down below that, uh, who is going to be the delegates that are going to the World Health Assembly? Um, just, just a little bit more, yeah. Previous assembly meetings. Um, I've been able to find uh, last year and the year before and the year before and last November and the executive meeting in January. And so um, go down a little bit more. If you click on a uh, little bit more right there, list of delegates for November. If you click on that and open up a uh, PDF, this is a, a list of the names of all of the delegates who went to the special session in November. And they will conveniently tell us who went to this one as soon as it's done, because that's how the WHO does it. Of course. But nobody knows um, who's going now. We, we did know that Javier Becerra was our chief delegate. They snuck that out last week sometime. Um, you can scroll down to like page 47 or something like that. It's the United States. Uh, you know, all the countries get uh, three delegates and they can send as big a delegation pretty much as they can afford to send. So we're sending like 30 people because, you know, being in Geneva for a week on government money, that's a fun thing. Absolutely. I'd love to go to Geneva for a week on government money. Yeah. Can't um, do and then now you've strolled into, um, oh, if you go down a little bit further, a um, little further, you stroll into all of the NGOs that are going to be, there's like 18 or so pages of. Well, here's the United all, States of America, the yeah. Sarah. Right. Moline, Pace, Bartree, Burr, Carson, uh, um, Mrs. For, Carson, Ben Carson. For all of the folks, yeah, not Ben Carson. For all of the folks who um, went that time, I, I dug up about half of their emails from their government websites, and I sent them all uh, at least three emails, and only once did I get a reply. Um, everybody else just, you know, never bothered to answer. Um, but if you go down further um, past the um, Zambia or whatever the last country is, um, you get into um, non yeah, a couple of observers, the uh, Vatican and Palestine, but okay. um, they're just they're not members; they're observers. Uh -huh. um, That's funny. So, so doesn't yeah. rules don't apply to them. no the rules don't apply to the Vatican? Come on, right? And so um, all kinds of NGOs, 
this is really where the money comes from. And this is really, I think, who's uh, in charge of the WHO. Red All of these. Yeah. What, what I've learned is they refer to this as civil society. All <laughs> of these organizations are, are referred to as civil society. So, you know, us uh, unwashed masses are not part of civil society. No. And it just goes it just goes on and on. You know, Bill and Melinda Gates is in there somewhere. Of you course. know, Gavi and, yeah, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. The Gates Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. We're 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 useless eaters. We're not part of <laughs> society. So right. um and, and, and so everybody should just be furious. you know, I know we're not a democracy. I know we're a constitutional republic, but no there one else are seems as to know that though. Pardon? Well, the people but, in government don't seem to know that though. Well, we're always working to save democracy, you know, but there are democratic elements, right? And, and, you know, part of that representation is, you know, the will of the people through their representatives. Uh, we don't even know who the hell our representatives are. We can guess, but. Um, international plan. Yeah, we got hung up on International Planned Parenthood Federation. Hey, what are they saying now? Best way to, to thwart the. Baby formulas for sort or shortages to abort your babies in the womb, so you don't have to worry about it. I thought you could do that afterwards. You can you in can uh, Maryland, California, and New York. Yeah, don't need ba ba um, aborted babies. Don't need baby formula. No, well, and now you can do it um, after the age of five as well. You just have to keep giving them COVID shots, and you know <laughs> it works out the same. The, so. the morbid, the morbid humor. I, I, I hear. <laughs> They call me the mother of the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm constantly, and we're, I mean, we're like, I'm, we're growing our own food and we're raising, and we just moved to a new, new place. We got a bigger spread of land. So we're growing a lot of our own food and we're raising chickens and ducks and puppies and children as well. Um, but trying to stay healthy, I'm starting to grow my own medicinal herbs and learning how yeah. to make my own medicines and, and that kind of thing. Um, I, uh, I, I managed a, a, mom and pop nutrition herbal store for quite some time. And so, uh, yeah, I'm deep into that world. Um, unfortunately, in the last two months, I have been up to my ears with what we're talking about. And my yeah. my food forest garden um, has reverted to nature. And uh, it's still it's still producing. So you can neglect it. And Mother Nature somehow knows what to do. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, At our old house, they, they used to jokingly refer to my front yard as the jungle. Because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it wasn't. A, it was. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> it was yeah. a jungle. But, um, no, but, it's great as long as it, as long as it's an edible jungle. And it's like yeah, it. mostly that was that was the flowers. Well, I had like I had I had aloe and a bunch of herbs up there. So that the yeah. stuff in the back. Um, yeah, that was that was a little different. That was all my vegetables. But uh, I mean, it's so important because we see we see what's coming between food shortages and gas prices going through the roof inflation is out of control and it's all it's all planned it's all part of this this greater this greater I'm, thing I'm, um, I'm going to um, I'm going to misremember what I'm about to say I don't think I'm remembering it properly but there was a, a gentleman I watched one of his his uh, trainings and it was something like severe and unmitigated neglect right it was the Sun program right and it was just like and and I kind of practice this a lot it's like, if I can neglect something and it still provides me food, it gets to grow in my yard, right? It's, it's, my rosemary bush is like taking over. I got rosemary out the wazoo. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the fruit trees, you know, they know what to do, right? I guess, yep. you know, and, and so, but it takes a little planning, you know, you don't get anything for the first couple of years. Yeah. You know, you I think we got like two cherries the first year, right? Big what you do. But, you know, now it's flowering up and, and maybe you got good. So. You got like eight foot rosemary stalks out in front of your house there. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, about, yeah. Hers were. yeah. That's how tall hers were. Yeah. And like yeah. I would literally take them down to the farmer's market, make a hundred bucks, just sell <laughs> like 12 eight foot stalks of freaking rosemary that they get to dry and sell, repackage and sell for themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. you know, that's an idea. I'm going to have to just take the whole bush, but, um, <laughs> No, you go to the store and you see this little tiny piece of, uh, and you're like, oh, you people are crazy. Just stick it in the ground. You know? And right. the stuff at the store, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, and maybe it's because the supply chain is breaking down and it takes longer for things to get there. But if you go to the store and buy produce or, you know, salad greens or whatever, it goes bad so much faster. Oh, yeah. Than oh, I mean, it just yeah. it rots so quick. I'm like, that's, that's insane. Uh, I have lemons that I picked off my my lemon tree at our old house in January and they've been sitting on my countertop for six months and they've yep. shriveled a little bit, but they're still good. Yep. Yep. So. If, you click on, if you click on my name, there's an interesting thing I'd love to show you. Um, the latest article. Uh, oh, it's like hidden links. Uh, just down below that. Just click on, uh, let me read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just click on that article. So you actually go to the article. Yes, seeking clarification. Um, yeah. Scroll down part of the ways, and you may need to blow it up, but uh, if you find the letter that uh, the congressperson sent to their... Um, there it is. There you go. There you go. Um, maybe blow it up so people can see it. And there's two places, the two areas right where you're looking at that were in red. Um, he said, oh, down below, um, a little further down, um, he said, yeah. what the amendments do, the proposed changes to the International Health Regulation, IHRs, would allow for timely and transparent release of critical information when dangerous pathogens are identified or a global health threat emerges. The changes would protect member states from bad actors who seek to obfuscate health incidences within their borders. Hmm. Now, what, what all of this wording at the top is, is revealing is what their viewpoint was. Now, maybe when Trump started these negotiations, you know, they're, they're trying to beat up on China, right? That's the whole, oh, it's all China's fault. Seriously, do you think the WHO could somehow lock down China better than China locked down China? Now, I get it. You know, some stuff maybe stuck out at the beginning and they had some air flights going on, all that kind of thing. But could you possibly even remotely imagine a more severe case of lockdown? Than what we've seen coming out of China, they weren't hiding just things in Wuhan to hide stuff that China did because you know Fauci might have been hiding in one of the cupboards. We're so deeply embedded in what they were doing. They we were lucky that they pushed everybody away because then out of the gate everybody would have known that we were involved. I mean, if they had a SEAL team go in there, I'm not recommending it, but if they had a SEAL team go in and capture all of the information and everything came out that we caused it. That would have been good, but it would have been bad at the same time. And and so they were thinking, oh, we're going to negotiate this and 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 push back on China. And wait a minute, you push back on China by shooting yourself in the foot, not only giving away China's sovereignty, but every other nation in the world, including the United States, to this one guy. 
Yeah. You mean, you mean they don't, you mean they don't want people to know that, that COVID was originally developed at Fort Detrick and the, the North Carolina triangle. And then when they um, pretended to shut down gain of function, they moved it to China and China, Ukraine. Um, There you go. Um, (laughs) Well, that, that's a hard one. I mean, because <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I got to say something because although you might be right in that one little aspect, we have like some what 285 labs across the world. I mean, um, every, keep, everywhere. keep 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 that memory. Keep that memory, and, and let's come back to that because there's right. a very important thing about that. Um, if you go down a little bit, um, if adopted, um, it would allow the WHO to declare a public health emergency of international concern. Fake without the agreement of the member state in question where the outbreak is occurring. Then he says it again. The WHO can declare a fake and share information with other states without the approval of the state in which the incident is happening. He clearly understands that the WHO would be given the authority to override our objection. But he's thinking, oh, it's just going to apply to China. Right? Now, if you scroll down even more, there's a little blue report. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, I, I shouldn't have told you that. that. There's a hyperlink in there. And Michael McCall is the person who wrote the minority report for the Republican Party um, about the COVID uh, crisis and the CCP. And in that document, here's what he said. Um, and the last line of that is really the piece of it that you're looking for. They recommended that they develop a new process for declaring a fake. And so arguably, these um, amendments started with this guy, and he's proud of it. But, okay, maybe it took a turn for the worst when Biden came into office. And I'm sure at this point, Trump will say, oh, you know, we weren't going to do that. Um, yeah, if you want to contact him, give him, give him a call. Um, it, it's rules, it, for, rules for thee and not for we, except that is the, yeah, I, I learned that 11th commandment um, this year. Yeah, I had I thought they stopped at 10, but now that there's the 11th one. Um, if, if you can go back up to um, the uh, hit my name and go back up to the uh, um, uh, archive or whatever, yeah, click on archive um, and scroll down to um, um, stopping the uh, uh, Breaking the spell. Break the spell. There is a a really, you might want to make it smaller so it's easier to scroll, but uh, there's a brain bender in this section. And uh, this article, if anything, um, expresses my opinion of what in the heck is really going on here is that the WHO is just the World Hypnosis Organization. They, They just lie and deceive and they make recommendations and people think that it's an obligation. And so if you scroll down to, um, you'll see there's a big number two somewhere. Uh, what this article is really about, um, a lot of images that you might recommend, just yeah. hypnotic type stuff. Scroll down until you see uh, number two, that's number one. Um, these are the international health recommendations. and. I accidentally say recommendations all the time. Uh, some somebody did this graphic, it's pretty cool. Um, oh, this point one? number, yeah. Point number two is after the 2005 amendments were done, the U.S. 
took advantage of not their ability to reject it, but their ability to um, put forth a reservation, right? And if you know what a line item veto is, it's sort of like a line item veto, but it's even more than that. You, you just basically get to rewrite it and, and you go, well, our understanding of such and such is this, okay? So um, what they did, if you go down uh, a little ways, um, hopefully we'll be able to find this here. They made a couple of, I'm sorry, three understanding. So scroll down until you see the word understanding uh, down below this a little bit. And these are, keep going, these are brain benders. And I'll do my best to try to keep it simple. Um, a little further. I think. Reservations. There you go. Reservations, understanding. Um, scroll down just a little bit more until you see that uh, understanding number one, two, and three. All right. So the first understanding um, is at the bottom there. Um, is incidents involving natural, accidental, or deliberate release of chemical, biological, or radiological materials. Now I'm speculating. So I like to say when I'm talking fact and I'm talking speculation, these words are fact, but what if the U.S. carved out this understanding that they wouldn't do uh, any, uh, they wouldn't tell on anybody who maybe leaked something because they knew that they would be the ones who would be most likely to leave it or, or purposefully release it because they've got hundreds of bioweapons, I mean, biolabs all around the world. Yep. Okay. The second understanding is a little bit easier to understand. Uh, if any of these amendments in any way or shape or form cause our military to have to do something, you can just forget about it. All right. So these international health regulations and, and these amendments that were done in 2005 are as pliable as Play-Doh. It, it's like, what do you want them to be? You just make a reservation and you say, this is our interpretation of what you just did. Screw you. Right. No and 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 the last one, the third one, is ungodly horrible. Um, the international health regulations from 2005 actually say things like, "We respect your human rights. We respect your bodily autonomy. You know, you, you got to protect travel and commerce. You know, you can't just do all these things. You, you know, you, you need balance." And the U.S. comes along and says, "Well, if we want to restrict your rights." Um, you can't take us to court. And it's just like, you know, is this the country that, that we think we live in? The provisions uh, of the regulations do not create judicially enforceable private rights. That sounds like it supersedes Amendment 4. Actually, no, it, this is actually... Well, you know, you should be, you should be able to have a, a, a court trial, you know, if you're harmed, but... Um, it's essentially saying what I think I heard you um, imply that we can abuse your rights more than the international health regulations permit. Correct. And the international health regulations don't give you any rights, you know, against on, what we're saying. On this soil, on this soil that it doesn't, our rights are derived right. from the constitution. However, it, it goes on. A reservation deals with the potential U.S. actions. Your reservation is a clear statement. The U.S. reserves the right to not be bound by specific aspects of the okay. tree. Those are, those are my words. That's not in quote. That's, that's my interpretation. Nope, just so nope. and, understand. And I agree with that because one of the parts in here, United States understanding that any notification would undermine the ability of the U.S. armed forces to operate effectively pursuant to U.S. national security interests. It's funny. 
We're worried about getting our asses kicked, yet we're not worried about the diseases that are coming into our country. <laughs> is that is that my understanding? We're worried. They're not saying anything like, hey, you're not allowed to transport these infectious diseases to the United States. However, if it deals with our national security, then now we have an issue. So when it crosses the line of national security and not bioterrorism, we're okay with bioterrorism. Unless, unless you go to the Obama drop on the day before Trump came into office and you remember what? that we kind of started this with the definition of interstate traffic, it doesn't that, apply when we're bringing foreign people across state borders. That's what I was going to go ahead and tie it up into the book. <laughs> yeah. Reading that and understanding what you had talked about before concerning that, now I'm putting this together and I'm seeing how these articles could be used directly for the purposes of what we basically just watched with COVID. COVID everybody, and, like my and, and this was and this was in 2007. Yes, this is well. Not this is when the idea started was in 2007. By 2020, by 2021, they were like. <laughs> Hold on here. Hold my beer. Watch this. This is going to be really cool. And they went and fucking did it. They went and they let this, this, this basically, uh, freeze Obama effectively because he can say, well, I did it per the, the who understanding in our amendments and right. he could never be charged with a crime. He's basically, uh, given a get out of jail free card right there. Because he can say, well, it never really dealt with our national security, had nothing to do with our national security. So we're good. So, James, what do we do? Well, um, what I think is likely to happen, uh, there's one of two things. Either they don't. Well, you know what? Let me actually give you the answer. Go all the way up to the top and, and click on my name and go back to the archive and scroll down until you see um, sound the alarm. Um, right sound the alarm. Go oh, up, two, up. There you go. Uh, a little further. Another one, another a one. A little more, a little more. Yep, down the alarm. There you go. Um, and scroll down a smidge until you see a toolbox. Um, well, that's one right there. I'm joking. This is Peter's. I was joking. Um, this toolbox. There you go. You know, I'm a carpenter by heart, so there you go. Um, click on that. Uh, no, don't click on it. Um, just scroll down a little bit. Oh, did I lose you? Where uh, you went sideways. Yeah, you're sideways now, but you're still there. You're still there. There you there go. You go. Okay. All, right. All right. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, Take here's there's some a, things. There's a million things. You know, there's a million things that people can do. But, you know, step number one is raising awareness. Um, You know, I don't know how many people are now aware of this, but, you know, there's power in numbers. And so I had no idea about any of this. I was just coming out of the pandemic treaty research rabbit hole when I found this about six weeks ago, maybe seven, somewhere in between. And so there's a six month period coming up where in my, in my opinion, um, Anthony Blinken is the target because he would be the person to sign the letter that he's got authority to speak for the United States, you know, diplomatically. Hey, Hey, Tony, um, we got this letter and, you know, we the people reject these amendments. We were totally fine with, you know, the way things were before these amendments showed up. Um, Tony, uh, you need to sign this letter and send it, and you'll be our hero. We'll, we'll just love you, man. Just 
do the right thing. Um, do it now and everything will be just fine. Otherwise, well, there's going to be a lot of people saying that maybe you've done something wrong. Tony, uh, do you have the delegation of authority wherein you um, authorized the negotiators to negotiate these amendments because that's supposed to be overseen by the office of the legal advisor, um, Richard Visick, who is in, in charge of overseeing any um, agreements. Now going to a question that you had a while back, this is really complicated and, and I'll touch on it, but everybody knows you know, a treaty is two thirds of the Senate giving their advice and consent. The Senate doesn't actually ratify the treaty. The president ratifies the treaty. The Senate Correct. gives their two thirds consent. Then there's also something called a congressional executive agreement, which Congress, not the Senate, both houses of Congress have to do a majority. Then there's a sole executive agreement, which a lot of people have said that's what the IHRs are. Um, then there is an executive agreement that's non-binding. And that most likely is kind of like Obama getting us into the Paris Accords and then we're out and then we're in and then we're out and we're in. Um, and so Richard Visick, who's the um, acting uh, legal counsel for the office of uh, the advisor to the Secretary of State, he's the person who decides that the material in these amendments um, are treaty material, congressional, um, executive material, sole executive material, or non-binding, right? Not for me to say that's his job. Does he even know about this? Where's the 60-day notice to Congress? Where's the, where's the um, public discussion period? Where's the advice to the Secretary of State um, printed in the, uh, or published in, in the Federal Register? I can't find any of that stuff. I'm a decent researcher. Maybe I missed it, but Tony ought to be able to produce it because, you know, if, if they're negotiating uh, this type of a document, they got to have the authority to do that. And he's the guy to delegate. So if he, if he shows that delegation of authority, then in my mind, the tree, the, the treason goes all the way to the top. If he doesn't show that delegation of authority, then, um, you got a bunch of rogue actors in, in your administration going crazy. Well, you guys better get these people under control. That whole thing is null and void. We never negotiated that properly. And that's just question number one, right? For every candidate who's running for office in November, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Hey, you're running for Congress, you know, incumbent or, or, or not. Um, what's your opinion on these amendments that were passed in, in Geneva? Are, are, do you think that we should leave them alone and, and let them stay? Or should we make Anthony uh, Lincoln reject them, right? Oh, you want him to stay? Well, I, so I, let, me, let me get this on the record here. I, I get you down as pro-treason? Okay, thanks. Uh, let, me go talk to your, let me go talk to your opponent and see if he's anti-treason, because I'm only voting anti-treason. That's the only thing I'm voting for. Democrat or Republican, I don't give a shit, right, or whatever. If you're pro-treason, you're not getting my vote. I mean, that's what this election season could be. And there's a lot of um, incumbents already sending out letters, putting themselves on the treason side. Yeah, I, I've seen some. And um, and looking at this, I mean, you're basically, hey, send emails, send letters, uh, 
basically Step number one the title of the page is spread the word raise yeah. everybody's awareness um you know if we've got five you know we've got three people here and i got a couple of friends you know five people what are we going to do right five million starting to make a dent right if 300 million americans know this not because the mainstream media tells them because they're not right they're going to just if, if the mainstream media ever reports on this it will be a lie because the no, the, no, 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 you're wrong, James. It's going to be a conspiracy theory, A. But <laughs> my question is this one, and I am understand I am very cynical when it comes to politics. I, I'm a political science major, but even be, beyond all of that, do you really believe for one second that this administration is going to go ahead and listen to what the American people have to say concerning this and actually act upon what we say? And furthermore, do you honestly believe that Abe Lincoln is going to actually write his little letter of reservation to the who, who we already know has is owned by China, propagated by China, and has paid off Abe Lincoln, Joe Biden, and pretty much every other swinging dick that's in the current administration, and they're bought and paid for by China? So, uh, even uh, uh, allow me allow me to agree with you but point out that I'm talking about something different, okay? What I'm talking about is this issue in particular, um, the idea that we go back to the red arrow and the blue line, you know, the 15 yep. words and the 10 yep. words, okay? That is a red pill extraordinaire, okay? What I'm talking about is using that because it has not been propaganda. And it's so simple that people can wake up. And, you know, being a carpenter originally, you know, in, in, in my youth, right? Um, you know, I've done a lot of things and, and electrical and plumbing and heating and carpentry. And so if you could imagine um, the light bulb that goes off when people look at that little sentence, you don't need a PhD to look at it. And, and you can put it in terms of, um, a, a, ma, a, a father and a son, okay? If, if the father and the son are the director general and, and the country, right? And you've got to have an agreement between the two. And, you know, the kid um, says, you know, the kid determines that he wants to stay out all night, you know, um, having fun. And he doesn't get the agreement of the dad, right? You got a stalemate, it's not going to happen, right? You take the dad out of the equation, and now the kid is suddenly the dictator general of his life. What what kind of you know damage could that kid do, right? And and so when people understand the simplicity of this great reset, the only thing I'm talking about is taking this issue and using it to help the great awakening. Okay, I think everyone across the world. And look at this and go, man, that's WHO. They're a bunch of assholes. What are they trying to do? If we can get people to awaken to this simple thing, okay, in massive numbers, right, that's better than a couple of people like the three of us um, seeing what we see. If we can get millions, if not billions of people to see what's going on, Step number one is you need the numbers. Actually, it's and more so, like it's more like fifteen hundred people, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got well, about 
Yeah. We have about 11 different streams going here. Yeah, we, we, no, we un, 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 understood. Understood. Well, so, yeah. But you, you get my point. It's like, I get it. I totally agree with you. Um, Blinken isn't going to want to write that letter. Nope. I know that. Biden's not going to write. They're the ones who put the amendments in. But, you know, if we have five people protesting outside of Blinken's house, that's one thing. Okay. If, if there's 50,000 people on rotation, right. And, and there's, you know, 10,000 people in front of his house every day. Um, if that doesn't work, then, you know, the last thing I want is, is violence. And, and, you know, you're not going to change. Um, you're not going to get an idea with a bullet. And, and what this is, is, you know, you, you can't shoot people into awareness, right? Um, shooting just scares people and they go deeper down into their psychosis. What we need is something that will unify whatever political party, whatever color, nation, you know, um, I don't care what your, your pronouns and your gender identity are. Um, <laughs> this is something that we could agree to disagree on any of that sort of stuff. Seriously, you think it's a good idea to take away the control from 194 nations and give it to Tedros, the gracious, look the guy up. You want him to be the dictator of the world? And so if you can't see that this idea coming from the United States government and, you know, through the WHO is insane and evil, then you will never wake up, you know, take another blue pill, uh, go, go, go do what you want to do. I see this as um, a big piece of an awakening that if people look at this, the, the analogy that I was talking about was the light bulb goes off in the head. And then in the belly, what I've been seeing with people is the fire. If you've ever, if you've ever had a, a gas burner on your stove and it doesn't automatically light and you got to turn it on, and you got to get a match and it goes, Poof, right. You ever had that experience? That's what I'm seeing with people. Yeah. I mean, they, they are on fire and, you know, people call me up. Oh, I just, you know, send it out to my, my list of 10,000 emails and my friends, you know, I, I, People around the world are, are, are sending me stuff. I, I did a video and I get a call half a day later from a woman in Ecuador who's an activist. And six hours after that, I get a Spanish translation. And then her friend sends me um, the basic flyer translated into like a dozen languages. And yeah, I didn't even ask. Right. It's just people just doing stuff that makes sense to them. Um, yep. Got a call from Japan. You know, a woman found me on something. Right. She spoke you know english as well as anybody um this is something that is lighting fire and the media is going to try to hide it and then they'll say it's a conspiracy theory you're absolutely right and then they'll say who's that raguski guy he's a you know whatever um and they'll never address the evidence and the evidence is 15 words where they want to take 10 away and anybody can understand that and they can't hide it it can't be hidden. It's everywhere now. The genie's out of the bottle. And I, I just see it as um, part of an awakening that, you know, we obviously need to do more. But, um, you know, was it uh, Rahm Emanuel? You know, never waste a good crisis. Yep. Um, never let a crisis go to waste. This, this is a hell of a good opportunity to wake people up. So really quick, uh, because we only got about five more minutes here. Um, sure. First of all, this is going to sound weirder than shit, but all right, all right. Would you be interested in a political foreign affairs advisor spot with the new administration? <laughs> Hell no. 
<laughs> okay. Well, Excellent. that sucks. That's that sucks good. really bad. We want people no. who, who don't want a- anybody. Anybody who calls me will get an opinion for free. I don't want a position. <laughs> okay. Well, okay? It, because it, if I have a position, then I have to tone down my rhetoric. No, you don't. Right? No, trust no, me. Trust not, me. Not, no, trust me. Not, no, not, you not. You've been joking about if you if you were president or if you were king of the world. Um, yeah. so, so Mick and, and our friend Justin are actually running for president and vice president of the United States in 2024. Yep. Um, just because, you know what? Why we're, not? We're pissed off. Why not? And we're tired because of watching other people go in and fuck Biden it up. Has, well, you didn't, you didn't say so that. You misrepresented. You know, anyway. well, no, no, no. I wanted to present it to you in a way so that way it was an apolitical <laughs> That you no, to, to be honest, no. To be honest, I um, um, if if you have a position in your um cabinet for an analytical beast, uh, you know that's that's my specialty. You know, I I know people who know a whole hell of a lot more about foreign policy than I do. I think you said foreign policy. Um, yeah, well, it'd be a you'd be a foreign affairs. Yeah. Foreign affairs um, no, I'm 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 happily with my girlfriend for 21 years. I don't need to have any foreign affairs. Um, <laughs> it's 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 not. She's laughing over. Not like it's that. Not, it's not my specialty what's that i asked the secret service they told me that shit doesn't work (laughs) Uh, um, but no no, no. we are and you know you said this is what you can do the other thing you can do is run for office and make that change there it be that sole uh independent honest broker who's going to eliminate this shit. I mean, I was taking notes and we're right off the bat. uh, We're going to eliminate all of our domestic accords. Any of the, uh, we're going to delete all the national emergency orders. And I'm taking notes for the president, not me, because I'm not running for president. Uh, My buddy is, I'm merely his vice president, but uh, that's the first thing we're going to get rid of. And then we're going to mandate the, uh, well, actually we're going to leave it up to the States because that's the way the constitution. After the DOJ, the FBI and the, the CDC and the, I mean, the there's IRS. a laundry list of people that we have to destroy. <laughs> All the alphabet agencies are gone. I mean, we were like looking at like uh, the other ones I, I've been looking at is um, get rid of that Department of Education. I mean, there's so many places we can trim the budget and make the budget work better. And we're just going to let the states run their own education system uh, like they're supposed to, like the Constitution sa- says. Yep. Um and uh, we're I, I, we're just pissed off because I I'm sorry I'm sorry I, I I'm very upset. We had a president who I thought was very good on Donald Trump, and then he went and he's nominated all these non-American first. He told us to fight for America first, and then he turns around and he nominates uh, 25 of his 105 nominations are all non-American first candidates. I'm kind of like I've tried emailing, I've tried calling, I've tried- nominations or endorsements. Endorsements, whatever. Okay. Endorsements, okay. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, and he's right he's, now because he's, he's not the, the ultra MAGA king. It's the same thing. So it right. it was like, okay, dude, um, seriously, uh, you you literally have endorsed these people, and you told us to fight for America first. Now I get it, the five D chess shit, whatever. I don't care. He's not. Uh, he might be a smart man, but he, he ain't all that bright because he's listening to the wrong people still. And America. So, so- that. So, somewhere along the line, did you miss the memo that um, "Make America Great Again" uh, got switched to "Make America Go Away"? I see. I'm apparently I did because uh, now I'm pissed about it. Now I'm about to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna run because I know. Yeah, we can hear that. I don't know. <laughs> that was a is good that, one. Is that your phone? <laughs> that was a- 
There you go. So I don't know if it's so much Trump where he just lives in an echo chamber and he keeps hearing the same people tell him the same things over and over again. Honestly, I don't think we have a chance in hell of winning. However, it will put us on the stage to start asking some of these questions. Like, for instance, what about this? Do you agree with these amendments that the, the who is saying? Because if Donald Trump comes out and says, yeah, I agree with it. So I just want to make sure I'm going to use your line. I'm going to steal your line. So when I'm up there. No, I, no you, um, and, you know, shout out to everybody watching. If you've made it through, what are we, two hours and six minutes. Um, please steal everything that I've ever published on my Substack and do with it as you wish. Um, if you have the capability to translate it, translate it, um, download the videos, put them on your channel, take the words, put them on your blog. Um, you know, I own nothing and I'm very happy about it, but I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take that line. I'm going to say, okay, so let me get this straight. You're pro treason because <laughs> it's anti-treason season. It's yeah. not it's treason season. Yeah. No, absolutely. Girls over on the View, and they were telling me that this year pro treason is out. No, 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 no. They're they're all they're all pro treason. So, uh, James, before we let you go, uh, one of our listeners, Elswood, just said thank you so much for the informed X-ray vision you provided us, and that's that's so true. One more time, um, where can everybody find you at? Um, three one zero six one nine three zero five five is my cell phone. Um, I'm way behind in getting back to people, so be patient with me. Um, you got, the, you got me in like 48 hours, and I was really impressed. So thank you. I really appreciate it. I, um, I'm, I'm way behind, and I'm getting further behind. But everybody who calls is just absolutely spectacular. And so um, the Substack uh, is jamesroguski.substack.com, uh, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-G-U-S-K-I. Uh, email is james.rogusky at gmail.com. Um, I also have a proton mail, but uh, it's a pain in the butt. Um, yeah, it is, the, isn't it? The two, two um, sites that will get you right to the heart of the information is uh, don't you dare.info. Um, and don't do a search for it because the search engines are not your friend. Type yep. HTTP colon slash slash and just go there. Don't you dare.info. And the other one is http colon slash slash uh, stop the who.com. Uh, it's the only money I've invested in this, cost me a whopping $8.85. There and you so go. Stop the who.com. And uh, uh, again, 310-619-3055. This is that important. You know, I, it's important enough to dox myself. Um, the the issue though is you know the people who have called and and the ease of connectivity um if anybody's an activist and you can't get a hold of them the hell good are they? yeah yeah well yeah. uh i appreciate you coming on sir yeah um, this has been amazing we and... ask a lot of questions so i was very happy <laughs> oh, you know um I, I i tell you i appreciate the fact that you didn't take me on my word and you went and you looked and um if anybody ever shows me that I'm wrong, you are my best buddy because it's not about being, you know, it's, it's like, if I got a freaking typo, you know, tell me about it. If, if, if I, if I'm just way the hell off base, um, you know, I, I want somebody to straighten me out. And, you know, that's what science, you know, is supposed to be. Science isn't a thing. Science is a process. Yeah, it's a anybody who says, anybody who says trust the science is like, oh, you're just, self-identifying that you don't know what the shit you're talking about and, yeah, and so 
people forgot a long time ago that um, criticism is constructive because if if you don't take it constructively, how are you ever going to improve or learn what you did wrong? Now you criticize someone and they get their feelings hurt. Like, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Just, you know, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. well, we, we really yeah. do appreciate you this coming was on. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and we'll, uh, I'll definitely hitch up in the future if that's all right with you and uh, yeah, bring you back on a couple months. We'll see where we're at, um, how things you know, are going. I'm realizing I just passed on a position in the next government. So can I take a can I certainly can. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. keep your name <laughs> in the pocket. Yeah, most definitely. I, hey, it's the VP's job to put together the cabinet, and so far I've been hand hand picking, and you'd be my first non-bearded candidate. So, <laughs> Oh, you don't know me. You don't know me from two years ago. The, the lady of the house made it go away, but I had a nice. <sighs> well, we might have to Grizzly. executive order to make sure that you go back to uh, <laughs> Grizzly Adams. Look, you're going to, you're going to have to overrule Empress Marissa. Yeah. You the house, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm not jumping on that grenade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've I've been training him for 30 years. So, you know, he's yep. uh he's he's pretty good. All right. Um, this has been amazing, James. Thank you so much. This, we appreciate yeah, you coming on, fantastic. sir. Fantastic. All right. Um, Have a good yeah. one. We Thanks. will talk to you, you later. Too. Bye. Bye. Wow. Oh my God. That was a lot of info right there, folks. Yeah. Um and you know, when I initially talked to him and I was like, so you know, we we stream from from like six PM to eight fifteen and he was like, That's two hours and fifteen minutes. And I was like, Well, normally our interviews last for an hour. You know, if if, if you only have an hour, that's that's fine. But just to let you know, like if we get talking and we and we get going, we have a hard stop after, you know, two hours and fifteen minutes. So feel free to take that time. And I'm so glad he did. Yeah, he took Honestly. every minute of it. Oh wow. Because I, I just I I didn't I didn't want to cut him off. I didn't want to stop him. Like that's fantastic. So, so. Uh, yeah, it, that's. Uh, I, I'm still trying to comprehend everything he said. I mean, there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that makes a lot of sense. There's some stuff that I can kind of understand what he's trying to tell people is like, look, it's not as crazy as what you think it is. Um, because originally we all had the theory and I, I think I was just as guilty as the rest of you all. And I said the same thing. I was like, man, we're going to have a. Are you done? It's the nightly nuts? puppy visit because they know it's almost dinner time. <laughs> so I, I look at it this way because they were very, uh, you know, I've, I've been the same way you all have been in that, uh, man, I'm going to see purple heads, you know, purple hummets marching down the street. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, start putting an end to purple helmets or start at least punching them in the nuts for a little bit. Blue helmets. Yeah. And, uh, I got to tell you, now I'm sitting here going, well, that's not going to happen at all. Matter of fact, it's going to be even worse. It's going to be our own people coming to get us, which is what's, if you look at, take everything into account right now, and you look at everything else that's going on right now and how they're trying to weaponize different parts of our government, does that not make more sense as to what's going on? Yeah. Does this not fit ne neater into what's going on is that it's one whole fucking like it's big a, fucking this round is, wheel? This is the ribbon that ties everything together. Yeah. This is just the, this is like, hey, this. This is how you do it. And this is where we're going to be. Yeah. This is the icing on the cake. You know, you get a good cupcake and you always eat the icing first, right? It, it's not a cupcake unless you have the icing on top. So are we really free? That's the question. We I mean, never I have think been. That's the question we all have to say. Are we really free or not? I don't think we've been. We have not been free in our entire lives. Nope. We're just we're only just starting to realize that. So, well, either way, folks, we will be back tomorrow night, 6 yep. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um I'm glad you all came in and uh, we will enjoy uh, uh, tomorrow. We'll bring in the news. Um, 
it'll be our last uh, news day, news day type type thing. Yeah. So. And then Saturday, we've got Charlie Robinson on to talk about the Great Reset and and COVID-1984 and um, Klaus Schwab and George Soros and the World Economic Forum. So we're going from the, the who to the, the rest of the, the group. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The rest of the group. We're going to the rest of the group. Exactly. All right. So for the mix. Envy right. Lynn. We'll talk to you later, folks. See you tomorrow night. Thanks for watching. And served out in Afghanistan And now he's back living with me He can't afford good health care Then he sees illegals get it all for free I thank the Lord I've got a dang good job And an extra beat up truck That he can drive around the farm And try to make a couple extra bucks It all for free That don't sit well with me I pledge allegiance to this flag It's part of who I am I don't kneel for the anthem Never have and never will The only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking patriotic good mentality some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be if they had it. Here's to the American savage. I'd like to defund welfare and deputize 10 million more today. You want a civil war, you about to get one, cause it's time to drop dead weight. Just give me one hard worker, I don't give a damn what color that he is We come from different places, I just wanna know, do you have any grip? Some want it all for free, that don't sit well with me I pledge allegiance to this flag, it's part of who I am don't kneel for the anthem, ever have and never will The only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking, patriotic, good mentality Some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be if they had it It's to the American Savage is knocking outside of the gate I say let them in lock and load and we wait if evil is knocking outside of the gate I say let them in lock and load and we wait I pledge allegiance to this flag it's part of who I am I don't kneel for the anthem never will don't give a damn the only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking, patriotic, good mentality Some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be If they had it, here's to
American Savage American Savage You know, so we, we give God praise and we just thank God, yeah that people are getting well, it's only eternity that will be able to see all the people that we touched. So I tell everybody, please don't wait till you get sick. Don't wait till you can't breathe. Everybody needs to have hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in their medicine cabinet. Get it. Go on our website, drstellarmd.com. Use promo code DEFIANT. You get 5% off. If you don't get it, if you wait till you get sick, by the time we mail it to you, it might be two or three days and you'll be going through serious panic. People have ended up in the hospital because they didn't know this information. Share the information with everybody you know. Give them the promo code DEFIANT. It doesn't matter. Even they don't watch this show. So that they can get this thing, keep it in their medicine cabinet. We don't know what else is going to happen. The last time I heard there was a fluoro, they had fluorona, they had Delta Crown, they had Omni, Delta, I don't know. They, it looks like they just cook up something at Davos and then create some name and throw it out there and start harassing us. So just make sure, whether it's Furocron, Delta Cron, or whatever, or Omnicron, they are all sensitive to hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Here is the part, here is the thing, right? There are some doctors that are hydroxychloroquine only. There are some other doctors that are ivermectin only. only. Yep. There are other ones that are desinite only. That's not what we do. When we get somebody gets sick, we have a whole cocktail. We give them hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide. We give them uh, a Z-pack. We give them baby aspirin to stop them from getting blood clots. We give them a steroid to stop the inflammation. We give them, so you know what I'm saying? So it's a whole cocktail. It's not one medicine. And People I, always tell me, well, I got sick and what do I do? What, should I increase my dose? I said, no, go back to the website, sign up as a, a repeat patient and get treated properly. 